Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. It's Thursday, folks. That means it's time for Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. I believe we're up to 145. You are close, 144. 144. Missed it by exactly one. Joining us in studio, a longtime KQ listener and special first-time guest. Vince Thiel. Andy Brampernard. Second banana, Mike Gelfan. You're up to second now? No, I just promoted myself because I feel bad about myself today. You do, because <laughs> yeah. of the weather? Well, you know, Isn't I was today at my, superfluous? I was at my shame group meeting last Oh, you're shame? Well, that's yeah. good. Well, I was the only one who showed up. <laughs> Everyone else was too embarrassed. Well, that would happen. Yeah. I understand. But, well, you know, we'll, we'll I, get you through but it. I, but I, what I inferred was that I had driven them away. No, I understood. I took that for, yeah. uh, as the meaning there, no yeah. question. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Ryan. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Speaking of which, I feel like I'm a parent with a new 16-year-old driver. Two weeks in a row, Mike has I know. graced the highways and byways of Minnesota with that beautiful Camry. It was four the minutes of Camry. sheer terror. He's closing in on, he, Vince, so just so you know, Mike drives about 700 miles oh. every year. Hey, that Camry has, has over 150,000 miles on it. Does it really? It's over, what, 40 years, though? <laughs> he no, bought it 10 years ago with 148. Years. No, uh, no. no it's, it's, uh, it's getting toward 24 years old. Is it really? Mm -hmm. That's terrific. That's wonderful. That news. is great. It's Vince, really it's a, uh, a tradition of car selling secrets when we have a guest in that they, we start out by the, having them tell the story of their very first automobile. So sport, 
You're up. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, feedback uh, is that me? No, it's all good. It's okay, fine. it's fine. Sorry about that. Nothing. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, not really exciting for the first car, as most young men. Uh, I was young at the time. I was 11 years old when I got my first car, but it didn't run. I always planned on getting <laughs> okay. it to work. It was a 1972 Ford Maverick, and uh, it was something that, uh, like I said, for a first car, I bought it from the neighbor for $20. I was going to bring it home and fix it up, and uh, it made it home, but it never got fixed up. So your folks said, yeah, you're 11, go ahead. <laughs> well, we lived up in uh, northern Minnesota around the uh, Staples-Motley area, and because of that, we were kind of out in the country, so yeah. we had a, we didn't quite go by the same rules everybody else did. Right. And it, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, good times. Well, you yeah. can drive up there at 14, can't you? Well, I think there was 15 with a learner's permit. 15, per, well, okay. 15 sure. with like a, a farmer's permit type right. thing. Yeah. Right. We never had one, but... Uh, no. It was kind of like I said. Sometimes back in the uh, in the country, there we kind of had our own rules and went by them. I uh, I had a Ford Maverick uh, that I bought from my father-in-law, and it was uh, it was a Buddhist car. Buddhist. It would self-immolate. I understand. <laughs> have you been up writing this morning? Oh, a shot. Boom. Boom. No, <laughs> so I have great. a question: Were they both blue? Every Maverick I ever saw in my life was blue. Oh, this one was this one was brown. It was brown. Yeah. White and blue. White and blue. White and blue. <laughs> there you go. A lot of blue on those. But my Camry is blue. Well, see. Yeah. No, I just. I worked for my stepdad for a while, and one of his engineers had an orange grabber package oh. Maverick. That was kind of a cool car in its oh, head. Oh, what? <laughs> it was called the grabber package, so it had, it had big tires on, on it. Terrible it name. Scoop on the yeah. hood. Some of them had a four-speed. There was yep. kind of three hundred two. Really? Yep, yep. There was a three hundred two. Was a big motor for that car. Yeah. Yeah, Vince, have you and I ever met? No, we have. God, you look familiar. Uh, no, you've been on TV a lot or something. No, not on TV. Really? No, no. You must look a lot like somebody you went to school with or something. Maybe, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. I like, was going to say the back room at Schinders, but <laughs> <laughs> was that the swinging doors? <laughs> yeah, the, the, swinging the swinging door swinging. back room. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that's. I, probably not. It's probably long gone. But is that whole block? Yeah, I think the internet kind of uh, yeah. ruined the. Um, porn well, magazine industry. Yeah, I think so. Explain it to me. I, please explain to me how it's exciting to look at a magazine and there's a naked. Oh, oh good. There's a naked. Oh, so what? Yeah, you're not 15. Well, that's. But even <laughs> when I was 15, I'm like, hanging with naive. That's great. But what's in it for me? There was right? a time when the Sears catalog actually had some oh, entertaining the pictures. Deal. Sure. <laughs> well, sure. I, I can I can understand the allure, but you know, then I've led a life of loneliness and despair that's true <laughs> a great start to the show today Mike. i'm gonna... sorry i'll try to cheer no up. no it's great <laughs> no i got no problem with stay it. low. it's just a persona you know that stay low pony I, boy i do no it's not <laughs> i was gonna say are you sure now vince you told me in your email that you spent 20 years as a tow truck driver is uh, that right 25 years in the tow business do you still do that now i'm not towing anymore i left the tow business in 2019 but uh, how it started out is uh, my cousin owned a towing business, and I was always into cars. He asked me to work for him. It was a part-time job for me, and then within a couple of years, he asked me if I was interested in buying the company. So I bought the company. I ran that for a few years, and then I merged with a competitor. We ran that company for a while, and then I just, uh, in 2019, I decided I needed a change. But uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed uh, the car industry, working with customers, helping them out. Uh, I heard some of your ads on the radio looking for people to come and help. Yep. And one of the things I liked about your ads is, you know, some people without the experience are good at it because there's certain things you can't teach. When I used to hire employees, that's one of the things I would look for. You want to try to find people that would help people and want to help people. You yeah. can't teach that. Yeah, you're right. That is 
those are the soft skills um, that for a lot of jobs, especially when they're, uh, you know, facing the public are, are really important because right. the, the tow truck actually, the work involved is relatively simple. And I, I, I too, uh, at one time, a friend of mine and I bought a tow truck. Oh. Uh, this is how I got my start in the car business. It sure. was, I guess, my first year of college. Well, we bought this uh, old Ford. It was just a pile of shit. Sure. Quite honestly, yep, yep. it's technical term for those yeah, listeners exactly. at home. And we would we use it to go to uh, police auctions. There was one down on Concord Street in St. Paul, and then there was another one in South Minneapolis. I can't remember the name of it. Yep. I think it was Graham's Towing. Sure. And we'd buy these old cars, cheap, take them back, part them out. Yep. You know, we'd sell starters on Auto Trader for ten bucks a piece until they slapped our right. hands. It's like you guys have run the same ad for a year. Right. So, well, we still have a start. It might not be the original one, but. Right. Um, but then we uh, we actually did pretty well and bought a brand new one ton Chev and that was oh. like this 1978 or okay. nine. That was we were living large. Um, okay. But I will tell you my one great tow truck story. Okay, I think every tow truck driver has one, and you can share yours. Oh, I'm sure. Um, we at the end of the work week we would take all the junk tires throw them in a car that we we're going to scrap out and mm -hmm. we used to we were in southeast minneapolis and we used to use uh schnitzers which was right behind kstp sure. big junkyard and then kstp yeah. went and the city went hmm kind of tired of looking at crappy cars and we're working on this thing called satellite tv so we're right. just going to get rid of that so we had to take them all the way to and you're an old North Minneapolis guy, right? Uh, um, yep. By the Munsingware plant, kind of down there, there was a, I think it's called Scrap Metal Processors. Is it still there? Uh, I don't know if it's still there, but I lived on the block from where it was where I used to live. Okay, you know right where I'm talking yep, about. Yep. So it's 5 o'clock on Friday afternoon, and it's my turn to take all the stuff to Scrap Metal Processors. I've got a 64 Mustang that just doesn't have any doors on it, and mm -hmm. it's stuffed with about 25 tires. Yep. I'm on 94 right by um, the Cedar Riverside exit, and somebody cuts me off. So I slam the brakes, cut the wheel in the tow truck, and the Mustang starts going like this, and it's shooting tires out of both sides of the car, and I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and there, it looked like chips. I mean, no, thank God nobody got hurt or crashed anything, sure. but stop traffic, and I'm, you know, just mad as hell, and I'm out there picking up all the tires, putting them back in the Mustang. And sure, sure. So that processors my... is still around, but it's in New Hope now. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was uh, it was actually, on Glenwood and uh, I don't remember the exact street. I was a young kid at the time, but yeah. my grandmother. One fifty five Irving, apparently. Okay. Yeah, it sounds about right. My Where grandmother. One fifty five Irving Irving Avenue North, Minneapolis. That's almost down the downtown. Basically. Yeah. Well, it's just west of the Munsingware building. Yeah. Yeah, and a little bit to the south. If it's so still it's in the same out. place, uh, my grandmother had an apartment building. It was 204 North Cedar Lake Road. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just off Cedar Lake. And, uh, yep. and so us as kids, we'd go down there. And i got to admit, as a kid, and I like cars, you know, the junk cars that you drop off oh, after sure. hours. Well, I'd go in there and I'd play in them. And sometimes they'd leave the key in the ignition. Oh, yeah. oh, well, I'm God. sure the next morning the key wasn't in there anymore. Yeah. It might have been in my pocket. So, but it, <laughs> And then <laughs> there was trains down there. And we'd jump yep. on the trains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we'd ride oh, the trains yeah. for, like, you know a while i mean as young as i was absolutely dangerous but it was a different world back we did then. the same thing in southeast minneapolis and i'll tell you a quick schnitzer story um they would stack cars up mm -hmm. before they put them in the crusher and yeah. they you know they wouldn't you know they'd be five or ten cars mm -hmm. high 
And we always thought it was fun to take lug nuts, and there's plenty of them laying around a junkyard, yeah. and fire them through the windows of the car and just watch them break. <laughs> well, I fired one through the back window of, I don't know, it was an Appal or something that was the bottom car. Yeah. The roof collapsed and the whole oh, pile of cars God. fell over. I got kicked oh. out of Schnitzer's for a while. That was a load-bearing window? Yeah, it was. That's, yeah, load-bearing window. That's <laughs> unusual. Right. And you know that whole area down there brings back great memories. I think Vince, I've told this story before. A couple of friends of mine, three, there were four of us total, three friends and me, go down to that railroad yard. You used to pass right under 7th Street Bridge there, which is not there anymore, but mm. there's a new version of it. But the area you guys are talking about, came back to school, uh, we stole a case of railroad flares. Okay. Right? All of a sudden we get there That's and the where police. You got them. Oh, yeah, it was right there where you're talking about. Uh, all of a sudden there are police everywhere at St. Joseph's <laughs> School in North Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Turns out they weren't railroad flares, it was dynamite. Oh. <laughs> it's like, whoa! <laughs> so the cops were a little upset. And, sure. and Sergeant Savanich, I'll never forget. Sergeant Savani started crying, saying, you kids should be dead. Because I guess it's very unstable dynamite, too. Well, dynamite is just uh, cloth soaked in nitroglycerin. Right. So you bump it too hard, it's going to blow up. That's exactly what he said. How old were you at that time, Tom? I was in fifth grade. Oh, that was young. (laughs) 27? Yeah, so I was 27, exactly. <laughs> Remember, I started school early, pal. I know you did. Weren't you four or something? I started, I think yeah, I, had, I turned four like a month after I started. Mom I started and Dad wanted school. you out of the house that bad, huh? Oh, they still did, yes, <laughs> most most definitely. Gee, why, how would that have happened? Me? Me? Uh, I don't get it. Talk right. and text line is open if anybody has any general questions. 561-228-4061. Vince, have you got any good uh, tow truck stories? You know, uh, not when you had the cops call and the whole family's <laughs> decapitated, and we don't want to hear those. No, maybe no. that's where I met him. He towed my car. Well, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> you know, uh, the towing industry. Uh, you were either the hero or the a-hole at times. Uh, I, I like being the hero more times than not because it was it was a tough thing at times because uh, there's some really good people that just end up in some tough spots. I used yeah. to joke, you know, when it, when it, to try to settle people down. Nobody sits so uh, the towing business was different than the retail business or any other business, and it's one of the hardest things I've done in life because nobody sits down on a sunny Saturday afternoon and says, hey, uh, Let's get our car towed today. That'd be fun. You know, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah. And uh, with that being said, uh, we'd see people when they're at their worst, you know, good people. Because when we get called something bad, we're a reactive business. We react to problems. But uh, as for uh, the private property impone business, can be pretty brutal. And that gets can get real rough, you know. I mean. So this is, you're talking about repoing cars, basically. Well, repoing is a different, but that's more of a bank loan thing. But yeah. mm-hmm. private property impone is if uh, you illegally park. Apartment building, St. Cloud's a college town, oh, okay. and so people will park, you know, and, and they'll have them pulled. Snow removal's another one, uh, parking tickets, whatever it may be. But uh, I've had some great experience. I mean, I've helped the little old lady off the side of the road or pulled her out of the ditch. Uh, you know, unlocked a kid's cat out of a car, you know, because a kid locked a cat in the car and just other things. But uh, met a lot of great people. Uh, one time, uh, kind of a story, not quite the tire, but almost. I pick up this car and uh, I'm getting ready to leave and I got, uh, my wife and I were out that night and I got called for a tow so I leave that, I go and I'm bringing the babysitter home, I so I'm just going to pick up this car on the way and the baby says, okay. I bet your wife loves that. Oh, she. So I'm bringing the babysitter home and uh, 
I pick up this car, and this guy starts yelling at me and arguing, you know. And I, I, I listen, you got to pay the fee, or i got to take the car. And uh, he's not going to pay, so I get in the truck and leave. Well, he jumps on the back of the tow truck. Oh, God. And so and then uh, I see him, but I'm like, so I'm driving slow. And I, you know, and the neighbors are all calling the cops. And the next thing you know, uh, a bunch of squad cars, well, I know what they're coming for, so I pull off to the side. And they came, and they ended up uh, assisting him off the back of my tow truck. And uh, later on in the morning, he came and picked up his car. He was a little nicer when he came to pick it up. but I love how they assisted him off the back of you. <laughs> <laughs> so my partner, uh, who was a few years older than me, one of the things we did for money was when it was really cold back in the 70s and 80s, nobody cars, nobody's car was Carburetor. So we'd just run around and do jump starts for 10 bucks yep. or whatever it was. It wasn't a lot of money, but... Um, and up. my partner was kind of a tough guy for a one-legged person. You're talking about how dangerous trains were. When he was going to high school, he cut through the train yards mm. in, on the way to Marshall U, slipped mm -hmm. under a car. Oh. And he told, the first time he told me the story, I was stoned out of my mind. Not and you. he talks about the 50 cars that ran over his leg. And he's It's such overkill. I know. You'd think you know, one was enough. One would be fine. But he has to tell the story to a stone guy. Ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. <clears throat> anyway, we were over in North Minneapolis, surprisingly enough, and jump started a car. And this guy, and Steve goes, All right, that'll be 10 bucks. And he goes, I ain't paying. He goes, Yeah, you're gonna. One way or the other, you're gonna pay. I ain't paying. You can't do anything. And he says, Well, you're right. I can't do anything except this. And he pulls out about a. Uh, 13 by 16, uh, 13 16th inch wrench and drops it on the battery yep. terminal, shorted short out the short battery, those terminals. got in the truck and drove away. Yeah. I'm like, God, we're lucky we didn't get shot. <laughs> what we would do in that situation, we'd hook up, hook up to the car because uh, basically we call theft of service. So if they don't pay, you take the car. Ah. And, and the St. Cloud Police Department it would back us up on that if they showed up. Well, you got to pay, you know. Yeah. And it was, uh, but it, those parts weren't the funnest parts. You know? <laughs> no. But it's part of the deal. I, I, I imagine it had to be fun though when a when a very angry guy came to the uh, to the lot and said I'm getting my car and then of course you confronted him with the 150 pound German Shepherd. Oh yeah. It was always the biggest German Shepherd of you've ever time, seen, yes. and they don't feed them, of course. No. <laughs> and they're they're just straining at the leash, foaming at the mouth. There must be a special place where you can get these dogs. Well, there it. it it's the art, art god what's the word i'm looking for sandlot i mean that's the, oh yeah mm -hmm. the the major star of that movie is the we, the dog oh, yeah. we had a dog the sure, yeah. we had a dog that the neighbor couldn't keep so we ended up you know and a neighbor from the tow company and german shepherd this dog was amazing we didn't teach that dog a darn thing They're very smart and and, and it would come in and after the first couple of weeks it would bark in the middle of the night but once they got over that it would go in, in his cage if the door was shut if you open the gate, it would never walk out. It would stay there. If you if he knew you, he wouldn't say a word. But if he didn't, he'd bark yep. and sound very angry. And he would scare a lot of people. And then this dog would even run and jump into the cage, kind of like a cage fighter. And go, oh, boom, man. Boom, you know, and, <laughs> and really think the dog was angry. But if you knew him, you walk up and pet the dog, nothing. But if you mm. didn't, so if we were inside the shop in the middle of the night and that dog barked, somebody was there. Never failed. Really? 
So that's a good alarm for 40 pounds of dog food a week. Right, right, right. Yeah. exactly. Sounds kind of like the way my cousin described Jack Apple, the notorious serial killer. Yeah? Yeah. If you knew him. <laughs> yeah, if you knew him. Not a bad guy, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, Speaking I of which, how do you get to know him finished, without dying? Uh, the patient? Uh, tonight, I think. Okay. Is it? So there's eight episodes or nine I, episodes total. I can't remember. It's one of the. We only have one left. Yep. I know that. So I don't know what, what But that that show has gotten better. By yeah, the way. I agree. I mean, not that it wasn't and great. I don't the first think you'll place. be disappointed by the end. He is. He nails that role. Yeah. Steve Carell. He's just amazing <laughs> in this show. I, seriously, and that I don't know where they got that kid, but even I'm creeped out. He by is that a guy. psycho. It's like, holy God. This is the patient. Yes. The patient, yeah, I haven't seen it. Really good. It's mm-hmm. about really, a, really good. A, uh, Steve Carell from The Office mm-hmm. plays a therapist, and one of his uh, patients kidnaps him and chains him to the basement because he's a serial killer and thinks that he has, you know, therapy on demand that will prevent him from killing people. Uh-huh. I mean, it's whoever thought. Hey, Including I think we could mother. make this out of a TV show. I know. I, seriously, Into we, a TV show. Sorry. We picked up on that. And it just and I thanks a lot for telling me about the ending of the other Sorry, one. Sorry. I didn't even know it ended poorly. Did so you far watch it's it? Really, no, we're only okay. about five in. Uh, but it's really good so far, so it must hit the wall at some point, unfortunately. Well, yeah, it's just, you'll see. I mean, it's still worth watching, but it's like, is that? <laughs> yeah, I heard the ending's not great. But does it continue on to a different season or anything I don't like know. there? I don't know if it ends no, there or whatever. It is apparently based on a true story. It's about it is, yeah. a haunted house in New York somewhere. Uh, it's called, yeah, it's called The Watcher, and it's yeah. literally, it literally did happen. Hmm. I am watching you every day. That voice. Yeah, oh, I know. It's my creepy. God. <laughs> and I'm not a big, it's not really a horror show. No, it's more it's suspense. Not. It's suspense. So yeah. that's why I can watch it. I can't watch it's horror. It's a slow burn psychological thriller. Mike, I have a... Bobby Carnavale, though, I love him. He's great. He's phenomenal. I know you didn't like Boardwalk Empire, but he was really good in that. You know what? I I went back and started watching that again, and this time around, I like it a lot. I like that show. Steve Buscemi was great. Buying him as a gangster is still hard for me. He's a little little scrawny bastard. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. A lot of those gangsters were. It's about the attitude. It's about the willingness to murder more than the Kid Cam's a little guy. Yeah, Kid Can was. Yeah, he was, he, yeah. he was just more willing to kill than other people. That's yeah. exactly Turns out right. when you have a gun, you really don't need to be very big. <laughs> That's right. You <laughs> just have to have a couple true. of fingers. Mm-hmm. I suppose that is true. I have a sports question for Mike. You can't answer because you know the answer already. I do, okay. How many U.S.-born black people are playing in the World Series this year? I'm just thinking the Houston, okay, Philadelphia. I listened to the show this morning. I know so that. Now you know the answer. I'm going to go with uh, one. Zero? Zero. Yeah. I read that on the news. I thought, that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, there have always been great black players from the Caribbean. Uh, but when we grew up, it was, you know, Hank Aaron, Bob yeah, Gibson, Willie yeah. Mays, Satchel Paige. Yep. But, well, I didn't grow up when Satchel Paige I don't know about Satchel Paige. Idea. I was going to say that. Well, you, you know what I mean. Yes, I know exactly what and, you mean. And in just 50 years, that's flipped. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's like, you know, there are 50 Dominicans for one mm-hmm. American. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Black where's, guy, yeah. Who's Don Baylor from originally? He's an American. I think he is, yeah. One of my, I think he's from Hibbing. 
Still one of my favorite <laughs> baseball stories. I'm a, I, Vince, I've been a huge Twins fan my whole life. I've heard that I'm before. I was nine years old, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sitting in the front row right behind the visiting team's on-deck circle. And Oscar Gamble comes out. Oh, the big O. When he, remember, he, he, he'd have Mickey Mouse ears from all that hair when he put his yeah. baseball hat on. Yeah. So I was kind of calling him Mickey Mouse and blah, blah, blah. And really I'm, kind I'm of a skinny him. guy, too. Yeah, very skinny. really powerful. Very skinny guy. But I'm uh, all of a sudden, so I'm looking like you would be Oscar Gamble. Okay. And all of a sudden, the sun disappeared from over here. And I look <laughs> up, and one foot in front of me is Don Baylor. Oh. And Don Baylor said, Shut the hell up and watch the game. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Man, was that guy big. Woo! Uh, but he, he, he didn't want to hear any more. <laughs> that was a team player, though, right? Hard to believe that you might have been taunting. Me? Oh, yes. really? Well, that's how you and I met. That's right. It's me really? taunting. That's how I met him because I was taunting baseball players. You, well, <laughs> specifically Joe Rudy. It was Joe Rudy. That's exactly right. <laughs> I remember that. Much. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. God, yeah. it was fun. So you just wandered down and said, well, quiet, Joe's a friend of mine? Or how did, no, we didn't how did really, this work? We, we didn't really meet oh, so much, but we no. observed each other. He stuck out because of, because of his, uh, his hassling the players. Alcoholism and I stuck out because I had a bloody towel over you my head. You had a bloody towel on your head. I remember that. How yeah. many years ago was that? Uh, about 35, 40. <laughs> that's a long time ago. Yep, Ron right. Jackson was on the Twins. How long ago was that? Well, Ron Jackson played when I was covering the Twins. So that's a long time. Now you know that would have been like uh, that. That well, he play, he probably was playing in the any time in the late seventies for sure. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day. Saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American banking company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. <laughs> we better not ad-lib. All right, we won't ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, you're not me. that good at it. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, right you know, right. we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. You know what pissed me off about that whole thing? Remember Ron Jackson? Papa Up. Papa Up. I gave him that name. And Pat Royce, put it in one of his columns and never gave me credit. Yeah. Royce sucks. What? Royce sucks. (laughs) Royce sucks. (laughs) Pretty good writer, actually. Royce, he's got it figured out. He's a good writer. He's been writing the same lead for 50 years. He has. That's very, very, very true. But it works for him? Hey, whatever. It all works. That was that was a good pairing, by the way. Roycey and Souchere was a good pairing. Yeah. Because you had it coming from both angles. Yeah. You know, I like that a lot. But 
Yeah, Papa Up. He did. Ron Jackson did not like it when I called him Papa Up, but he kind of did. <laughs> he was. He was. A, I remember him as a good guy, pretty congenial. That's what I heard. I and, heard he's a very nice guy. And he was just like you know. He's what I used to call him, Oom, which means one of many. One of many. Yeah. The uh, twins had a lot of Oomers, guys who just yeah. weren't quite good enough to yep. play in the major leagues. No, you're absolutely right about that. That's very true. Hoskin Powell. Hoskin Powell, he was he was right there, yeah. I remember seeing Hoskin Powell at Byerly's yeah. after a, a game. Of, well, it was quite a ways after the game. It was a day game. He was at Byerly's. And I think he might have been hitting the pipe a little because he had a head of lettuce in his right hand, and he was staring at it for like five minutes. <laughs> like, Jesus. That's what happens when you play baseball without a helmet. <laughs> Is that what it was? Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Well, I wonder I wonder if he maybe, uh, just just because there was a lot of tension there, maybe he occasionally shared a doobie with Willie Norwood. You think maybe he and Willie Norwood might have gotten after it, <laughs> it pretty outside? Poor Willie Norwood. Yeah, whatever happened to Willie Norwood? I, just gone. I have no idea, but he uh, he took a lot of grief. Can I ask you a question? As long as we're on sports here, I want everybody's opinion. The Vikings are making me nervous because they should be seven and one at the turn. Well, what used to be the turn? Now they play seventeen games, right? Yeah. What used to be the turn? Though it looks like they're going to be seven and one. That's scaring me. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would not count on them defeating Arizona. Really? No, I. I but then again, my picks have been terrible this year. But oh, have they really? But I would take I would take Arizona on the money line. You would? Yeah, they got. Of course, they got DeAndre Hopkins back, and that's yeah. that's a big plus for them. It's it's really a lot of times it just comes down to whether, uh, and this is true of a lot of quarterbacks, it comes down to whether uh, Kyler Kyler Murray is is willing to run with the ball. Yeah. Because they're a great team when he runs. Yeah. The ball. Right. Right. But you know, he, he probably doesn't want to run too often. So, look what happened with the Bears last week when Justin Fields yeah. decided he was going to be the running back, and then you know they were unstoppable. So you're right. I was right in the fact that I should be nervous that the Vikings well, are five and Minnesotan. one. What? Well, let's not get too excited. A lot of bad stuff can happen. I am excited. That's my problem. I'm I know. Get yeah. right in the nuts again. I can tell. Well, if if you haven't experienced uh, enough mediocrity and you're still hopeful, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'd say a couple sessions with me, I could pound that out of you. But it's only been 62 years. <laughs> only. 62 years without one Super Bowl win. I know. Well, you know, and most of us would just settle for the Super Bowl. Yeah, just getting there. You, you know, mean? I mean, the, the loss would be inevitable. When's the last yeah. time we were in the Super Bowl? Like seventy-seven. Yeah, what really? Say it's late 70s. Wow, it's been a while. Nineteen seventy-seven. I might start while, crying. Yeah. Thanks for asking that question. <laughs> that, that's too long. Why do I watch them? What is wrong with me? Came close a few times, but just couldn't get it done. But forty-five years since they've even been in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I know. It's tough being a Vikings fan. It is. And, uh, You're well, flying the colors today, though, so that's yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, this is actually a lion shirt, yeah. but uh, yeah. So that brings up oh. something. You know, there's. Oh, I think as you wander through life, there's a whole bunch of things that you really don't know much about, but you say to yourself, you know, one day I'm going to discover what this really is. And for me. It, I don't really understand. What did the Lions Club do? I know you don't get around with hang out with a bunch of lions. I've, I've learned that. <laughs> That's much. good. Probably a good. Although thing. that would be fun. It'd be uh, a small club. Right. <laughs> <minutes. laughs> 
Actually, uh, the Lions Club is the largest service organization in the world. We're in over 200 countries. It was founded by the man named Melvin Jones in 1917. Him and 100 businessmen from Chicago, Illinois, got together and said they wanted to do something for the community. Mm -hmm. And from then, in 1925, Helen Keller asked them to be ambassadors for the blind, and uh, they've kind of grown. They became international in 1920, I believe it was, uh, Windsor Oaks, or Windsor, uh, Canada, and that's because prohibition was going on. Well, the guys would go across the border to have a, you know, have a have a sauce. Sure. And uh, with that being said, and then Canadians said, well, can we be part of the Lions Club? Well, oh. it, it started out with just men. Well, now it's men and women across the USA. We got about 1.4 million members across the world. It's uh, so basically, it's a service organization that tries to help the communities they're in. And uh, okay, everybody that feels guilty for not knowing what the Lions Club was, please raise your hand. <laughs> I was going to say, Doug, it uh, didn't make you look you, you didn't look too good for well, that. No, I, you, I, I so easily admit I don't know everything. You're in over 200 countries. Yes. How many countries are there? I feel like that's got to be almost all of them. You know, I, I don't know let's the exact number here. on that. How many countries are there in the world? Let's see. Well, there's about 900 Does it just include in Africa the alone. Fake ones that Eddie Murphy talked about in coming to America. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Probably not. Uh, it depends on your definition of country, but in terms of independent sovereign nations, there are 195. Okay. So including things like, um, I don't know, what would be an example of a non-independent sovereign nation? Well, well, would that like, be like uh, 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 Native American? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like Native no. nations, that kind of thing yeah, would maybe. be technically. They are sovereign, sure. but they are not independent, so right. they don't count as a country, okay. that kind of thing. Sure, sure. Well, my uh, my grandfather proudly wore the fez. Oh, he did? Yeah. He's a Shriner? So uh, to this day, I'm I'm kind of a Shriner's guy. Are the Shriners still around? Yo, oh, yes. hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen them in their car. little cars in a long time. Right. He, he did not have the car, but, he, didn't, but he did have the fez. He had the did, fez. Did yeah. they have to get those cars made special? I would imagine. Yeah, were they like custom-ordered, you know, tiny cars? Okay, let's see your knowledge of this. Who looked better in a fez than anybody you've ever seen in a movie? <laughs> It's, this is easy. Well, I'd have to say Groucho Marx. That was a pretty good, that's a pretty good guess. You're getting close. Look better in a fez than anybody on earth. Well, it'd have to be a woman of yours. Yeah. Mm. You ready? Mm-hmm. Oliver Hardy. Oh, you were close, yeah. <laughs> I missed that one by a mile. That's going back. Yeah. That's going back, baby. That's going back. What was it? That, that wasn't Sons of the Desert where he's wearing a fez, was it? It might, might have been. It might have been. Might have been it exactly. sounds about right. I, I don't know because I you know I couldn't stand to watch them. Why couldn't you stand to watch Laurel and Hardy? Well, because they made me depressed. Why? Because they went around hitting each other. Well, they did. That's I true. Didn't like Clearly, that. an abusive relationship. But that, so you just loved the Three Probably Stooges. Not a big three Stooges. Stooges. Yeah. So the three Stooges. <laughs> it ain't gonna work. Hated the Stooges. Hated. No, I I like Groucho. Wait a minute. The Stooges, nice Jewish boys. Well, not in, well, my, I love not so in my estimation. My first Christmas as a stepfather, my oldest stepson was, yeah, he would have been about 11 or 12, so Liam would have been 8. And I bought him the whole collection of Three Stooges. Oh, did They'd never heard of it before. God, I, said, I well, loved all of those. One night, the three of us, let's guys. go down and let's watch him. Sarah walks in to the movie theater, and she goes, Jesus, Mahoney, and just turns around and walks right back out. <laughs> Will anybody ever beat Groucho Marx's great line about how many children do you have? <laughs> I don't think that line will ever be topped. That's ever. a good one. It was on live television, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're He didn't necessarily you know write it, but it doesn't yeah, not, matter. It doesn't matter. No. He still delivered it. Do you know this story? I don't. 
There's a woman on You Bet Your Life, which was hosted by Groucho Marx. It was a live... It was a live uh, game show, A live basically. game show sure. in, like in the in 1950s. Yeah. Okay. Say that Magic Wade win $100. Exactly. So he comes to this woman, he goes, so how many children do you have? She goes, 11. He goes, 11? I love my cigar, but I take it out of my mouth once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> now think about it. In the 1950s, right. Making that kind of little reference oh, about, man. whoa, the cigar is about that yeah, long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got it. <laughs> but uh, seriously. I think we understand the analogy. God, he was funny. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. He was a writer, and he once appeared as a contestant. He was a writer for the show, but he appeared on the show once. And he went on to write. <coughs> it was one of, like, one of the <coughs> scariest and most successful novels of all time, and I'm trying to remember. Aldous Huxley? Uh, R.L. Stein. Uh, it's, uh, what's that? R.L. Stein? Uh, no goosebumps. One. Yeah, R.L. Stein with goosebumps. <laughs> hey, exactly. Pretty successful, pretty spooky, you know. Yeah, I got it'll come to me, but Yeah. Or or, on, uh, or Andy will you find You bet your life? Yeah. yeah. He was a writer and then he went on to write one of the most popular it was a it was uh God, I can't I can't remember the name of the novel. But he was working on it and he kinda kinda said on the show you know, I know I'm working on this novel. Yes. And I do remember that it was a, a big-time novelist. He went on to be a big-time novelist that worked on the on the You Bet Your Life cast. Yeah. Or the show, not the cast, but the show. Yeah. I, but I can't remember who it was. God. It's, well, if Andy can't find yeah, it. Yeah, it's tough to find any information on this. Yeah. You bet well, the problem life. is they've rebooted it about 95 times. They have. That is So true. you keep finding all the... Yeah, they've rebooted it three times. Speaking of Marks, reboot, you guys life. really need to watch that show. <laughs> we keep talking about it every week, yeah. It's about the coming-of-age sitcom in the 90s, and the woman brings all the cast members back together in present day and, you know, is making a dark comedy. Paul Reiser is her oh, father, he's really and he good. steals every he's season. He's really in. good. There's, it, it's, it's really, really funny. I wonder how, pe- how many people listening right now around my age were like, Reboot? Why would he want to watch a Reboot? It was a show in the 90s, a CGI show about, like, a guy living inside a computer, almost oh, like really? Oh, okay. I was like, why are you talking about reboot? So is it like Max Headroom, kind of? It's it's basically Tron, but not. They're living in a computer and, you know, hijinks ensue. So, Andy, did you ever get over uh, having your butt kissed all day yesterday? Well, Honest to God. Huh? It was my birthday yesterday. No, that's not what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about the birthday. guest on the on the uh, on the podcast. All she did oh. was praise you the whole time no, she was she here. Didn't. She did too. Who was oh, it? Andy is so smart. Oh my <laughs> that's god! That's what she said. She did. Mm-hmm. Said it about seven hundred times. Who too. was it? As Echo Bodine. Echo Bodine was on yesterday. <laughs> what you don't like Echo? You don't her. remember the first time I met her? It was in the old. Mm-hmm podcast room she walked in and she walks up oh, to me and yes goes, i brought it are up. you tom's son yes i remember also <laughs> oh, laughing up i brought that up to her well, yesterday and it's even more funny because she's a psychic right <laughs> yeah that's true well that's true but i i brought that up on the show yesterday that she thought you were my son i'm like i'm eight he's eight years younger. i mean you're I the one the offended. <laughs> deeply you. not him no, exactly. I am deeply offended. Easy, Mike. <laughs> you get your own car, you get a little sassy, don't yeah, you? Yeah. One of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. I took her up to 40 at one point. Ooh, it's warp factor 11. Mm-hmm. Well, the DMV uh, would not approve of that. 
No. no I have the provisional driver's license. Oh, provisional? Yeah, and they want. They, I'm not supposed to drive over 35 miles an hour. How about everybody else? How about them not driving 110 on well, Highway 100? Yeah, that would be nice. Well, that that's would the other fun. thing. I'm not. I'm not allowed to drive on highways. I wouldn't even if you were allowed. <laughs> but, like, I, good but I hate God. driving on highways anyway. I have for 30 years. Yeah, so I, I think we all I hate understand. driving on highways. Yeah, I do understand that. Why don't no you get like a little Shriners car? There you go. Uh, you know, it's uh, it doesn't look safe to me. That's the whole thing. By the way, I won't mention, it was a listener to this show and the KQ Morning Show sent me a, a note yesterday. And, uh, yeah, I, I want it because you know who it is, but they said, Tom, do yourself a favor right now with the, the position the world's in, particularly the United States. Do not read George Orwell right now. And it's like, oh, God. Yeah. It is about as Orwellian as it's ever been right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it turned out he uh, he had it kind of nailed. <laughs> he kind of had well, it nailed. Brave New no... World was pretty close, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Aldous Huxley. Aldous Vince, Huxley, I got yeah. a couple of questions for you. Sure. Um, you know, you asked, okay, what do we talk about? And right. I said, do you understand why it's hard to I, answer the question? I now? do, yep, yep. We've only talked about 25 different things. Sure. And then in your email, you asked, and you'll have to answer what you think it is, um, he said, is Tom really as big of an a-hole as he sounds? We went through that <laughs> yesterday. He seems we went through that yesterday with, with Echo Bodie. He <laughs> said, I'm the only person you're ever nice to. You're not nice to anybody but me. I'm like, okay. Which is really funny. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny. I was talking to my brother on the way down here, and uh, he said, well, that sounds like kind of fun. I said, it seems like it. I said, I don't know how it'll be. We'll find out. And I says, Tom seemed pretty nice to most people unless I upset him. But the only people I see upset him if they get arrogant or cocky. And I yeah, said, I don't think I'm true. arrogant or cocky. So no, I figured, you're not. So not I, figured, uh, I figured I'll be good. Yeah. The only thing I get upset about is, like, that's my son. And if somebody said something to him, I would not like that. Sure. Yeah, that I would I not it. care for. But then nobody's ever done that. I've never heard anybody badmouth him. But Which is really good. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> I think I'm just so inoffensive, you know, you can't be That's what it think is. Of so inoffensive. <laughs> That's what it is, exactly. So, Vince, you told me that you, you grew up in North Minneapolis, or how long did you live there? I didn't live there real long, but I kind of had a couple stints. I was born, like I said, my grandmother had an apartment building we lived in at 204 North Cedar Lake Road. Right. And uh, when I talked about, when you said scrap metal yep. processing, I knew right away right where it was, because as a kid, yep. I spent some of my times down there. I went to Harrison School. Oh, yeah. The oh, old sure. Harrison School. The old Harrison, yep. Yep, yep. And my teacher, I remember, uh, was Millicent Daly. She was from uh, Jamaica. And uh, she okay. was there. Anyways, just with well, a name good like times. Millicent, you're either from Jamaica or northern New England. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Sure, sure. But uh, and then uh, about a uh, 79, 80-ish, uh, moved up to Staples for a year, did a little bit of time. Uh, I didn't do time. Oh, really? <laughs> did a little time. Oh, yeah, did a little time. That. That's We're, Pipestone. Right. That's not... She looks 17. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Sorry. And then, uh, anyways, I uh, did a kindergarten year up there and then uh, ended up moving back to Minneapolis for a couple of years in, uh, in the mid-80s, 83, 84, moved back to Staples, and that's kind of where my coming-of-age years came. Well, that's interesting because... You know, Staples is pretty rural, and there's probably not a lot of people that live up there that also have lived in, mm -hmm. you know, the uh, heart of the, ci of the yeah, city. It was, it was a culture change. I know my, my older brother at one time uh, decided in 1979 to wear a pair of leather pants to uh, Staples, Minnesota. There you go. That uh, did not go over very well. Chicks with, didn't dig that, huh? Well, it wasn't the, the farm boys. Oh, the boys didn't dig it. the farm boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't... You don't mess with the farm boys, and they, he got a nickname of Slick after that. Slick, Slick. yeah. 
You know, it's funny you bring that up because I'm rewatching The Sopranos. Okay. And there's in season four, Tony Soprano goes golfing with a friend. Yeah. The whole round, he's wearing a black leather jacket. <laughs> you imagine wearing a leather jacket while golfing? Sure. That can't be too comfortable. So what what year did you graduate high school? 91. Oh, you graduated in 91. Yep, okay, yep. so, and, and then you were, what did you say, five when you moved out of North Minneapolis? Uh, well, you were, you were six, seven right around there. Oh, but, six, uh, seven, okay. But, well, like I said, we had a couple different stints, but uh, I also, when I was about eight, I got hit by a car out in front of the oh, apartment building. Jesus. My grandfather used to drive a van, and I would cross the street and go to school, because like I said, I worked, uh, went to school at Harrison there. Well, as a young kid, I didn't look. Got hit by a Dodge Dart. Oh. Uh, you don't want to get hit by it in the old Dodge Dart, not the new Dodge you Dart. You don't want to get hit by anything, <laughs> well, any, no. anything that says Dodge. No yeah. so, uh, I, I mean, it's, up... it's really right in the name. Right, right. Is that, the, probably, Dodge. Is that <laughs> the day you decided to get revenge on all cars by towing them? <laughs> by towing them away. Yeah. Very good yeah, point. You're all going to the junkyard yeah. for this. I Maybe think... it was my subconscious. I just didn't realize it. Yeah, I think we need to probe his, his consciousness <laughs> a little more. Now, I want to ask Vince a question because sure. I, I've tried. I've told people this all along but so you you were in north minneapolis until yep. you're about seven yeah and then did you you said you returned later on for yeah. a while yeah yeah because we came back for a couple of years and then like i said in about when i was about 10 we moved up there for good up in the staples area the only reason i'm asking you this is i try to convince people and they don't believe me that north minneapolis when i grew because i'm about 20 years older than you mm-hmm. somewhere in there but um there was pretty much it was Catholic, Black, and uh, Jewish, mm-hmm. all along Plymouth Avenue. Sure, nobody ever argued. We didn't have any problems. It no. wasn't about you're this or you're this or you. There was none of that. No. So what? Why do people think that's true? That there was all this strife and I, I don't no. know. We we all got along. We had we, the, did. we, we had good you know good times. Uh, the Glenwood Cafe was on the in, in the. I love we it. Used oh, to go sure. to, my mom worked there. Did she really? Yeah, I can remember going. I think it was two bucks an hour or something back oh, then. Oh yeah, but buck, I went in. She'd, she'd send me up to the store to get cigarettes. I'd you know put seventy five cents or whatever it was in yeah. the cigarette machine. Uh, went to the school. I had friends that lived over in the projects when they were there. Sure. And then uh, you know, and it was there was some race wars that were alive and well at times, but we we yeah. tried to avoid all that. Um, I remember I got bike jacked when I was back there. My, that would happen. My yes, fir- that, my, that would happen. My first dirt bike, uh, you know, and I had chains and locks, and I would lock it up because I didn't want anybody to take it. And who would have thought, you know, I was riding my bike, and uh, some kids that were quite a bit bigger than me wanted it, and yeah. uh, they yeah. got it. But, I mean, this whole idea that nobody's ever gotten along, no. that is, it's not true. No. Did you ever know Papa George then? Oh, yeah, I okay. did know Papa George. How, how do you know th- about that? Because he owed the Glenwood Cafe, and then he also... Oh, yeah, and, yeah, right. And then he owed George's over in Fridley. And, yeah, uh, George's in Fridley. My, uh, my family That's a great memory. My family used to go over there, and, like, I was too young at the time, but I knew of him. And, I, you know, I probably met him a couple times, but I didn't know him personally. I still go over to the cafe. Well, it moved up. I think it moved a block to the east. But Milda's, you know, it's been there forever on Glenwood Avenue. Okay. And it, I still go over there. Michael Bryant and I go over there and have lunch once in a while. Sure. And once again, we're the only two honkies in there, and no one cares. Right. Are they still uh, serving those meat pies? Yes, they are. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I look. We went into the Jewish neighborhood because the Jewish neighborhood was basically Penn over to over to Theodoreth Parkway, mm-hmm. or and then the black area was basically what do they call it? The area, whatever, was Lindale to to. Penn Avenue, and the Catholics pretty much lived east of, of Lindale. Nobody cared. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I lived at 13th and Girard, which had been right in what they considered the black area. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared. No. 
I just, I really wish people would back off. I, I really do. I agree. I, I used to play in Brenmar Park. You know, sure. I oh, yeah. go down there with roller skates. You know, and I was just down I the way. I love that place. And uh, I mean, uh, Leaf Brothers was just down the hill. We'd mm-hmm. sneak down there, and <clears throat> they had the uh, the bins with the clothes and stuff. Well, they had the paper, and it was their trash, but that. Uh, Blue paper where you could duplicate stuff, you know? Oh, sure, oh, sure. Yeah. What, what, what do they call that? What was that called again? Oh, carbon can, paper. Carbon yeah, paper. Yeah, carbon yeah, paper. Yeah. There we you we go. used to wow. take the, their carbon throwaways and we'd play with it, you know, kind of <laughs> exactly. try to draw pictures and look at it, you know. That's exactly it. So I'm glad you have the same memory that I do I because do. people don't believe me. Right. I tell them, it's like, that wasn't at all what it was like. Oh, no. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rod. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant we have derek on the phone derek Hey, family. How are you guys doing? Marvelously well. What, what's up, Derek? Uh, not much. Um, you know, just um, dwelling in the uh, thing. Dwelling <laughs> um, in I the thing. You say, damn right. <laughs> just wanted to say, um, you know, I've been meaning to do this for a while. Tom, I listen to you forever, and I'm going to miss you going on the morning show, but um, I'm, I'm going to be a podcast listener until I'm dead. Well, so I wanted to put that out there, just just let you know. Derek, is that um, because of Doug Sprinthal, though? Car <laughs> selling secrets. Actually, the reason I listen to it on a podcast is so I can skip the commercials. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't thank you enough for your time. <laughs> yeah, I can't thank you enough for all the time. That's a I'm, I'm sorry, Doug. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I love you, Doug. Doug, you're you're smart and you're funny. Thank you. Oh, I just God, don't, don't like commercials. That's me. Don't it's say okay. So I wanted to say, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. 
No, I'm just trying to picture Doug smart and funny. It's really difficult. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let me paint you a picture, okay? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Number one, I want to let you know thank you so much for um, getting me into the show, The Offer. Oh, I, God, it's what my a great second, show. It's, my, it's uh, like my second time through. It's uh, such a good show. It really is a great show. Um, yeah, mostly I wanted to. I, I just wanted to uh, tune in here and let you guys know Dude, not everybody is an asshole, you know. Are you every sure? Time, every time, every every time I, 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 I watch or listen to TV now, it's this person's a prick. This person's a prick. Where, 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 where is your agenda? Well, especially yeah. this, you know? this time about, of year. How about, oh how about, God, yes. I, I saw an ad. No. I saw an ad the other day. And I don't even know who it was for. I wasn't paying much attention. Right. Good. But. But it was a racist. Exactly, it was Mike. a racist political commercial, and at the end of the commercial, mm-hmm. they, there's a picture. The whole screen is occupied by, uh, like, like there's. I think it's like Omar, and uh, let's see who else was it? <laughs> Keith Ellison and someone else. And oh yeah. no, you know it was it was whoever's running against Angie Craig. And the, and the, Tyler Tyler right. Kissner Tyler, Tyler Kissner. Kissner. There you go. And okay. and the the commercial ends with the voiceover guy saying. Because Angie Craig always sides with them. Oh no! Is Tyler Kissner black? <laughs> and who is them oh. again? Uh, well, it's just it's, it's, it's the thing. Whoever's no, black I, I and Hispanic. To... I mean, it's yeah. it's the most overtly racist political commercial I've ever seen. So it's not their political but, view. But you guess think what? It's a skin guess color. what? They don't they don't care. Nobody 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 looks at that and talks about that. Yeah. My my thing my 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 big thing is Mike and. By the way, you I love you. I wish you were on the morning show still. I, you're like always crack me up. Anyway, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry, okay, all right. I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just glad that Mike's awake at this hour yes. and he's 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 making me laugh. Well that's you know the thing I, I can there. I can my, get my, up my at point, this my hour. point. But not not <laughs> the morning ahead, show hours. No. But I appreciate right, it. Thank I understand. You. Derek, I yes, will tell yes, you something. I'm very, I'm very serious about this. I the only reason you know who Mike Gelfand is because I went after said so we got to have this guy on the show. Dave Hamilton's the one who stepped up and said I agree with Tom. Everybody else didn't I want you on the show. I, I, well, it's not hard to believe. Well, I mean, just because I didn't you, actually. I didn't have the pipes, you know. But you were totally different in your approach, your voice, all the rest of it. And I said that would be good radio. You don't want to listen to the same voice over and over. Right. See, I predicted it'd be a big failure. Did you really? I said, like, I'll be here three days. When have you not made that prediction in your life? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I had made that prediction one time. It was when Cumulus bought us. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't even know what was going on, you know. I just like, I know, oh, it was I'll, great. I'll give this a shot for a day or two. And I just literally happened to be interviewed by you for, what was it, advertising age? Was yeah, ad age, yeah. Ad age, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he interviewed me. And he looked at, I'll never forget, because I used to have these bobblehead twins. Mm-hmm. And I would go over and tap their heads <laughs> to kind of put a curse on the other team. And Mike looked at me like, what in the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> well, let's just say I, I, I immediately looked to, just to see where the back door was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So anyway, Derek, I interrupted you. Go ahead, sir. Anyway, uh, I, I, no, 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 no. I'm interrupting you. And, um... It's been a day or two, but um, happy birthday, Andy. Thank um, you. He's, dude, dude, you're like my favorite person of all time. 
Whoa, uh, two um, days anyway, in a row, um, I got to put I, I, this. Holy shit. It's not even noon. Put the beer down. <laughs> all Derek. right, all right, I'll put it down. I'll put it down. My whole reason for calling in is, um, and you guys are talking about politics and this and that, when is a person going to just speak about their um, agenda as opposed to just ripping everybody yeah, else? Right. It's yeah, never going to happen. Real. Well, my, yeah. my, my, my whole thing is I'm, you know, I was, I was watching TV today or going on Facebook or whatever. Everything is, this guy sucks so much. Oh, he know. sucks so hard. And end of, end of commercial, right? Well, what what did you have to say? I actually, you just said that guy's an asshole all day long. I, I actually saw. What, what are you? What are you? I saw a commercial. Go ahead, Mike. I saw a commercial. Just riffing on what you're saying. I saw a commercial, and again, I don't remember exactly who it was for, but right. it doesn't matter. Uh, but and uh, so at the uh, at the uh, end of the commercial, the guy they they of course they never mention you know who 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 the commercial is supporting. But at the end of the commercial, the guy says, this November, vote against Bill Brookenstein. Yep. But but who are you voting for? No, they That's don't they don't the get problem. into that. Yeah. So I think in Minnesota we have a chance. No, they don't. Actually. They don't. And um so my, my 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 issue and why I wanted to call in, do you guys really think if a if a if a honest candidate ever showed up and said, oh. Hey, this is my stuff I want to talk about me. I want to talk about how I'm going to help, and forget the other guy. You know, do you think people would vote for that? Because they don't. They don't. They don't. Everybody's voting for hate all the time now. They really are. If a guy showed up and said and said, you know, this is my agenda, blah blah blah. That's just me. Forget about the other guy. I think that would be a, a really good way to. Um, Get some people from the other side, or at least from the middle. Right, yeah, right. I, I think yeah. you're right. On uh, but point. but do you think do you think do you think anybody would a- actually fucking listen no. if you said, "Hey, I'm the guy that's not fighting." I think you're right on point on that. You... The strategy of some of these people is just to tell you the bad things that have happened to the other candidates, or they think, yes. and, and instead of saying, "This is what I can do, and this is how I can help you." Yeah. Well, what what you're seeing is what works. Yeah, unfortunately, it is. Yeah, but but that's the problem, Mike, and yeah. everybody else. It's that's what is happening, and that's what they don't want to happen, right? That's that's it, and you know what and what we what, what's been discovered in in the last decade or two, and it really ramped up, you know, very recently, is that people, a lot of people, this might be the most. The single most motivating factor in how people vote is people like to vote for someone who hates the same people they hate. That's right. That's very true. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's the problem. So, um, you know what I think we can all do together? I mean, I've got what, you know, it used to be, you know, 20,000 watts, but I got, you know, 20 million listeners here. You know what we should all do? We should all listen to each other. Love hug it. each other yep. and just take a minute to listen to one another and give a fuck about what somebody <laughs> else thinks. And if it doesn't matter to you, drop it and no. then walk yeah. over and do something else, we, right? We could be the I mean, what's, what's wrong party. with that? Works for me. Derek, thanks for your call, buddy. <laughs> 
Yeah, thanks, Tom, and thanks, everybody else. Yeah, I love your show. I'll, Thank you um, very much. I'll call on soon, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> peace out, guys. Sounds good. Thanks. Happy birthday, Andy. Thank Bye. Thank you. Derek calling in. That was a gentlemen. classic. Gelfand with the right rare there. word. Yeah. He threw the fastball. No, he didn't even see it. <laughs> he didn't I, even. What was that? No. So I think it was a Bob Euchre line. Yeah. Where he was batting time. and <clears throat> they called a, called him on a strike and he goes, boy, it sounded low. <laughs> it sounded low. I still love the fact that I cursed someone's career forever by voting for them. The last presidential election, I did not vote for Trump. I did not vote for Hillary Clinton or, or Joe Biden, I guess it was. Independent, mm-hmm. weren't you? I voted independent. I did. Well, in a way, I suppose it is. I voted for a person who was a Democrat, uh, was in military service, uh, great credentials, all the rest of it, who is now hated by everyone in the world. <laughs> I voted for president for Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> Is a military woman, yeah. Democrat. I thought, well, how, how can that go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like, it's like, it's, she made one of the quicker transitions from Democrat to QAnon. But why did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't did know. Did you hear I voted for her? I do. <laughs> wasn't my, my fault. My father told me many times when I was growing up, Doug, the world doesn't revolve around you. <laughs> yes, well, that's true. But I, I, I could, how, what was the chance that was going to happen? Because she didn't show any of that no, before. I, I, Never. I no, I thought she was reasonable. I, she didn't have a chance, but I thought no. you know, she had an interesting take I on things. She, and, she was very reasonable. Yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I guess you can't vote for anybody reasonable. Well, I know one thing. I always get in the wrong line at the grocery store. Oh, you do? And I think that carries over into my political feelings, too. God, well, I told you my favorite of all times at the Byerleys over there in Golden Valley where a fist fight almost broke out between a Muslim woman and a Jewish man because he was trying to buy turkey bacon, and she said, it's still bacon, I'm not selling it to you. Oh, on the counter. Yeah, at the counter. She Uh wouldn't sell him turkey bacon because it's still bacon. I would bet on her. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Turkeys are halal, aren't they? I don't know. I would, yes, but just well, the, so. the fact that the word bacon make was in there, she wouldn't do it. Doesn't it, make a whole lot of sense. It, it, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it may be that the way they are, uh, the, the way they are harvested. Uh, yeah, right, might, there's slaughtering techniques you're supposed yeah, to use. Yeah, yeah, and I would imagine that oh, they do not adhere to Re- adhere to that. Referring to turkeys. Anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I worked at a turkey farm when I was a kid. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen the I've seen a turkey feedlot, and it's uh, uh, yeah, it's not a pretty sight. No, I don't no, know if you not. had the same impression, but okay, Vince, I got to ask you: Is it true? Because I was told when I was a kid that when it when turkeys are wandering in the yard and it starts to rain, they look up and some of them drown because the water the rain goes down their throat. You know, I don't have that answer. The ones I worked with are all in the barn. Uh, I well, there you go. I, I'm going to go with too. old wives' tale. There. You're going with yeah, old I think that's tale. a myth. Because yeah. yeah, I, you know, I'm not even sure they're capable of looking up. Yeah, well, that's what I was wondering. I've never seen a turkey. No, looking usually up. they're looking down. <laughs> yeah, and I know because usually I'm looking down. Yeah, that's right. So you're right there, eye at eye yeah. with them. I know that when sheep try to cross a river, they soak all the water up like a sponge and sink and drown. That's a thing. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I suppose all their wool, wool. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. absorbs all the water. Hmm. That makes sense. Weights them down. Yep. Hmm. But yeah, I'll never forget that they she, they battled right there at the cash at the cash register. It was like whoa. So, I think it was a year ago. We had four of our 
uh, employees come over from Tel Aviv. Yeah, right, right. And that was a people, year ago already? Yeah, when people come Good from out God. of town, I always have a big dinner at the house. We like to do that. And I made cacovain, which is chicken and wine, but one of the main ingredients is bacon. That's oh. right. mm. So I made two different batches. I made one with and then a smaller one without. Mm -hmm. Serve. We always serve buffet style. So I said, okay, everybody line up. And there's like 15 people over the house for dinner. And so this one has bacon in it. And this is for our kosher friends. And they go, well, what is it? And I says, well, it's the same thing. It just doesn't have bacon in it. The guy goes, well, who the hell would eat that? <laughs> I, I, said, like, I made it for yeah, you guys. That. He goes, we're not those kind of Jews. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I don't think there's Israelis, a whole lot of yeah. kosherness going on, especially in the younger generation. With Israelis? It yeah. really, yeah, I don't think you can look at it as a monolithic culture. I mean, there's... There's, right. there's that, too. There's everything. Well, I mean, there's, yeah, there's I mean... There's Ashkenazi, there's Sephardi, yeah. there's... Uh, you know, the the old and certainly in the or, and certainly in the Orthodox world, they're not eating cockovan. No, right? No, no, it's, no. It's, I suppose not. The, the the thing that is changing is that uh, the Orthodox Jews are by far the dominant sector, at least in the United States. In the United and States, I'm sure it's yeah. true in Israel too. The old neighborhood man. It's you know because they and it's because they there's no intermarriage there. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah. And so you know, but the but the Reform Jews. Uh, they they don't really much care about you know there there's a lot of intermarriage going on and then what happens is generally the uh, generally the 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 person who is not Jewish uh, says well you know I'm going to be a better Jew than they are so oh yeah so oh, it's, yeah, there they're the that. ones who really are are keeping you know but but obviously for one thing the Reformed Jews are only going to have two kids. So right away, it's just a numbers game. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you imagine what happens after four or five generations, and they all have ten kids. Yeah, well, there you go. But, I mean, that's, there was, that was a big deal, replacing yourself and no more. Yeah. So that what you're saying, basically, is the odds were on my side. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I just got lucky and well, were unlucky. Apparently so. 60% of Israeli Jews are kosher, mm -hmm. compared to about 20% of American Jews. Okay. Yeah. However, Israel is way more kosher than Tel Aviv. Which makes sense. I mean, Jerusalem is way more kosher than Tel Aviv. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, so you were, so. you were talking yeah, yeah, to people yeah. from Tel Aviv. Yeah. It's, you know. Which, just so you know, is about, you know, a 45-minute cab ride from Tel Aviv. Yeah, it's a pretty small country. Yeah, over there it doesn't matter. Yeah, you yeah. can go half an hour and it's a completely different area. And what are we to make of Donald Trump's comment that the Jews better get in line or there's, there's going to be trouble ahead for them? Well, he's talking about a deli. Get in line, or they're well, going to run out of corned beef. They're going to run out of corned beef. When did he say? What, what was he referring to? Uh, well, he was referring to actually what he was referring to was the the, the Jews who don't support him. And what would you think? Get in line. Andy, Andy will find the exact quote, but but it was uh, it was uh, something like that, I, and, and I did paraphrase. So. I'll let Andy find the real quote. Let's see here. It it kind of it was you know made a made. He said a lot they of have headlines. to get their act together and support Israel before it's too late. Oh, yeah, before it's too late. Yeah. So, so what's wrong with that comment? They well, should because support Israel. because it, well that that's not really true either. It's, a lot of American Jews don't really. Yeah, they, they, they're kind of 
going well, back on Israel. See, this is this is a, a Andy. There's one right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is a trope. This is an anti-Semitic trope that Jews really care more about Israel than they do about the U.S. Isn't that your interpretation of it? Though? Well, he's saying they should care more about Israel. Yeah. They don't care enough. Right. Which exactly. Which is an odd thing to say, I suppose. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's just if you if you took the body of his work. There's a piece in the New York Times today you could read about about all the things he said. And, you know, he says things like like the Jews are just killers when they get down to negotiating, you know, and things like that. And then oh. he says, you Jews here, you hate me, but you have to support me. You know that. He's always said stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I remember he's 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 16, he was, mm-hmm. he said he wanted, didn't want a black accountant. He says, I want Jewish guys counting my well, money. Well, that's he's different. Just like, oh, oh, yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> All of a sudden, That's just common sense. <laughs> See, I just have never in my life been so locked in on a party that I defend everything that they say mm-hmm. and argue against everything the other person says. That's right. I just have never been that locked in to be a Republican, a Democrat. I grew up a Democrat. I, I struggle with that idea that the worst Republican is better than the best Democrat and vice versa. Well, and, you yeah. know, it's, I, it's, I in, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think you're right, but and I also think that that's why people are talking to uh, the two the two people that are get, getting the most uh getting the most uh hate mail these days or actually just the two people who are in the spotlight for being not very good candidates mm-hmm. would be herschel walker and fetterman yes i would agree and and people people there are some people who think oh fetterman's done or walker's done now walker's a horrible candidate Fetterman obviously has physical problems. It makes no difference. It's not just a physical problem. That guy's nuts. Well, whatever he is, it doesn't make a difference. Why because, not? Because people are going to vote. People are going to vote party. They're not going to yeah, vote. A lot of people do, and I've never understood that. I mean, I mean it's just, you know, people, people, uh, people have said, I've heard people say, well, Hersh- about Herschel Walker, well, doesn't character count? And the answer is, of course not. No, it does not. <laughs> well, it's no, true. it's party. It's what are you going to do for me? I, I know, what do you I believe just, in? I just don't understand that that locked-in party line stuff. I don't get it at but, all. But it but it goes. It comes from the parties themselves. Oh, I know it does. Well, yeah, of course. It's like a team. Yeah. They don't want you rooting for the other team. They want you to root for their team because the then they make more money. Win. How about that? Uh, uh, that doesn't exist. Anymore. It's not going to happen. No. I, I think happen. we're in for some interesting <laughs> times in Minnesota after the election. You do why? Because well, if you think about what happened last spring so we've got this huge pool of money that a lot of us think yeah we'd like to have some of that back it's what 10 billion dollars 10 billion dollars yeah mm-hmm. and they got fairly close to negotiating something but in a it's you know you might not like Mitch McConnell but he's a pretty brilliant politician you know the, the way he held off uh Merrick Garland's uh Supreme Court bid Hmm. by saying it's too close to the election. They did the same thing here. Yeah. It's like, well, we're going to well, let, let the election decide. It'll be a mandate. At some point, these guys are going to, and gals, are going to have to get together and go, all right, we got to give some of this money back or these people are going to be pissed. I They're going to have to work together. Good. And if they don't... Sounds good to me. I thought they gave money to frontline workers during COVID or whatever. They, they did, yeah, they did give some money. Not out, all of it. I mean, they're talking about one of the proposals was to eliminate Social Security tax, which for people our age that are about to retire, mm-hmm. that's that's a pretty yeah, good very deal. popular. Yeah, very and there's a lot of states that don't bill. tax uh, Social, Social Security, Security. Uh, and, and yeah. other t- ideas were to you know the Democrats obviously are usually more in favor of funding social programs, but at some point, I think 
we the people, and I hate to use that term. We the people. I, I, I think that we're pretty united in saying, yeah, you guys got to figure out what you're going to do with all this dough because you got, you can't just sit on it. Maybe Vince can answer this as well, but social programs to me always meant you're trying to buy my vote. Even well, yes, when I was a kid. Of course. Mm. It seems like it, yeah. That's all it is. That's well, all any politician's yeah, trying to I do. I don't think that that's true. I mean, it's, it's very close certainly part of it, but, um, you know, the Head Start program was a massive educational success. It was for underprivileged kids to get them ready for grade school. That was good, and that's not really vote buying. Did it work? Um, yes, it worked quite well. I can't remember it worked. I can't remember it. I mean, I remember when it, when it happened. And there are, there are other things that I think really are, you know, the, the student loan forgiveness thing, I personally think is a terrible idea it, it, because it doesn't fix the problem. No, the problem is college is overcharging for degrees. Well, they charge and why too should much. I pay for it anyway? I and paid then, for Andy's education, my daughter's education, well, Why do I have to pay for theirs too? Well, you know, this is one of the, we, we live in one of the few countries where people can't go to college for either free or next to yeah. nothing. No, that's right. All, all other countries value college. Yeah, but, that's true. But the reason for that's that is, Mike, is because we have free health care, and so we can afford to pay. Wait a minute, never mind. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> there you yeah. go. I was going to say. Yeah. And we are back with Stretch's picks. Who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Well, the nice. thing, the other thing is that with this, this surplus could kind of come in handy if we actually are headed for the <coughs> recession that some people think we are. I mean, well, that's not what they said, they say today. They said, hey, there was a nice uptick. Yeah. I love how you drop ten points, it goes up a half a point, and all of a sudden, hey, mm-hmm. great news. Right. No, it's not great news. Well, sure. So that's, I mean, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm saying. Is yeah, it is. Yeah. If, if there is this kind of recession ahead of us, um, what do you think? Do you think it will be? I, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, it yeah. It kind of appears that way. But do you think it's going to be as bad as, like, even 2008? No. Well, Not even close. I wouldn't think I so. I wouldn't think so, but, yeah. but, you know, I think that the potential could be there. It's just because yeah. you know, a lot of it depends on on just how we respond to it, obviously. And if you look at the, the inflation now, a lot of people are talking about inflation from both sides. Yeah. So have you heard anyone say, here's the answer? No. I haven't heard anyone say here's nope. the answer. 
kick Biden out of office. That's the answer. Right? <laughs> right don't, exactly. Don't, haven't you been watching TV? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just haven't paid enough attention to these commercials. I got to be honest with you, and I'm very serious, and it's not a Republican Democrat thing. We've had a run of the lamest presidents in the last hundred years. Oh my God! Yeah, hundred years. A, it's been a bad run. It's been a bad run, and for a long time. See, so we're going back to Herbert Hoover. Right. Coolidge. Yeah, we'll so Coolidge. Coolidge. Yeah, it was a hundred years ago, right? Yeah, yeah that's was right. Coolidge, yeah, he was. Coolidge. Well, so I shouldn't say hundred years. How about seventy-five years? I thought Eisenhower did a great job. Did you? Of course, for a he, snowflake he, liberal, well, he, he was okay. Have, yeah, for a snowflake liberal Republican. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I'm looking for. How can well, a guy who know. was in bedtime for Bonzo be lame? <laughs> it's that's exactly true. Ronald Reagan that. was in that. There's yeah. no way. See, we didn't have the sharp culture wars. Uh, right. Probably until Reagan, really. That's when it all kind of the, the culture wars really got fired up. You know, and, and it just it never. Well, ended. The '60s weren't great. What's that? Culture wars in the 60s? There's a few of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just, like I said, could somebody just show up and do the job instead of... No. I have a question for you. Because I've never known this. I've never done the research on it. I see all these people, and it's on both sides. We'll just make up the answer. Go ahead. Okay, good. You you get former presidents that, hey, you got to vote for Bill Britzman. He's phenomenal. How much money do they get for doing that? Endorsements. You you know it's not free. Tens of millions of dollars. Tens of millions of dollars. You got to get out there and vote for your guy. Mm -hmm. You're making millions from this. Don't give me those. Those super PACs have infinite money. God, they do, don't they? That's something you'd brought up on the KQ Morning Show before is that uh, it's amazing how these politicians go in with a low net worth and Mm -hmm. then within a four year stint or whatever it is, you put their income, you know, and somehow it. Just quite, I don't know, quadruple, skyrockets. Well, you get the worst grifters from any administration. Yes. And they write a book, which no one's going to read. No, no one And they get that. millions of dollars they for do. it. They do. So yep. I, I don't understand the economics of that. I don't understand it either. I really don't. Well, I think it's people buying it so they can put it on their bookshelves to seem, you know, like, oh, I know what's going on politically. I'm smart. I mean, my example of that, and she's, I think she's a, isn't Liz Cheney a Republican? Yeah, she's a hardcore Republican. Not for long. $12 million she's gotten in the last six years. From what? Yeah, I don't, sure. I don't know. She's all of a sudden worth $12 million more than she was six years ago. How did that money Well, she's a legacy, you know. Yeah, it's but I don't think pretty much gave guaranteed it to her. money. Well, I don't think he gave it to her, but it's you know the clout. Well, really. there's family money there, but yeah, it is mostly the clout probably. But she yeah. doesn't have the clout anymore. Well, she does, she's she got done. the money though, so who cares? Is she done now? I don't see. I don't even pay attention to stuff anymore. I really I don't, don't either. I would gladly exchange all of my clout for twenty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? What a bargain, huh? Yeah, once you got that, you don't really need the other thing. I would anymore. do it for lunch. <laughs> Can we, and again, I'll, I'll say it again, can we get away from all the Orwellian slash Nazi stuff that's going on in the world now? Uh, Jesus, it's just disgusting. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, groups like the Proud Boys have been elevated to a, a status that you, you know, would never have thought could happen. Now, who that's are the Proud really Boys? Scary. I don't pay attention uh, to that it's either. It's one of the, the neo-Nazi militias. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's Orwell on one side and the Nazis on the other side. That's what you got now. And you know what you Ugh. you know what you have now that you didn't have uh, when things were a little better. You didn't have uh, billions of bots. Oh. oh, you're you're right about that, man. That's ruined. This ruining our lives. And that's that's one reason I think why Elon Musk wants Twitter. 
He loves those bots. Those I thought bots, he wanted to get rid of all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. So you're not buying them. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's big marketing those, scheme. Because basically yeah. the bots yeah. are, yep. and then like these people that are social influencers, the Kardashians, whatever, how yeah. they start out, mm-hmm. if they have so much following, they get free stuff. Yes. So they like, they, you know, makeup, supplies, whatever, if they see them using, that's how Beats by Dre got so big, because they gave the stuff to the sports athletes, yeah. and then they seen, you know, LeBron James, uh, yep. you know, all these people wearing these his stuff, yep. and that's how the brand was built. God, yeah, but this is—I'm talking more like the QAnon brand. That's that's what's really scary, and and I I don't know that there's any end to it. I don't know that there's any solution. So to how it. about the other side? What do you like not like about the other side? What's the other side? Well, they got some pretty severe people who do some very severe things on the other side. Well, I'm, Look, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not talking anybody. about either side. I'm talking about the bots, and I'm talking about Russia and China, I, and I'm I talking about Elon Musk. These are all forces of evil. I know. I, you're not going to get any argument out so of me. So it's not a political thing. Well, but but again, I mean, it, 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 people got their party, and they won't say one negative word about their party. I just don't understand that at all because I don't like either party uh, well, anywhere near that much. We all understand that that it's for both parties, it's about money. It is. It's all about money. Yeah. Everything is about money. Yeah. What What can you do that will attract money? God, well, you know what you should do? Get a job. <laughs> That'll attract money for you. Go get off your ass and go to work. Yeah. Get on TikTok. Be an influencer. See, I don't know any. I'm not on any of that stuff. Oh, so I, I don't know I've never seen it. TikTok, but I don't know anything about social media. I have no interest in going on so. And I understand. I, I, I'm Andy. We're on social media for to promote this show, right? Yes. That's the only on thing TikTok, I know. Though. I, and I'm never on it. Hmm. But I just, I literally about ten years ago, eight, maybe eight, nine years ago, I literally, my last time on. Social media, I just threatened everybody to stay the hell away from me and then just got off it. You're such a people person, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I really am. I can't stand tough guys. Sure. It, it, keyboard cowboys. Warriors, keyboard warriors. Keyboard warriors. Oh, yeah. I'm a tough guy. Oh, are you? Okay. I hate that so sure. much. Can't even tell you. There it is again. Hate. That's there. More hatred. <laughs> More hatred. You're see? absolutely right. You're no, out of the fraudage party. <laughs> I'm trying, let me see. It's fraudage now. Come on. Who should I vote I forgot for? we have our sophisticated. <laughs> Let's see. What do we got to vote now? We got, we're got. we voting for... Uh, who are we voting for now? We're voting for Governor. senators Governor. and governors. No, no and... senators in Minnesota. Well, not uh, Minnesota. That's mm-hmm. true. You Congress is every two years. I used to yeah. write in a lot. Yeah, yeah me and too. I, I, yeah, I, I did too. I told this story in Bob's podcast the other day, but it's election season, so I can tell it again. Um, they don't. We don't want leftover Bob stories. No, no. no this, <laughs> this, this is best, fresh stuff. This, this is yeah, the best. This is the best of Sans Severe. Best of Sandy. Okay. It that way. The best of Sandy. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I I I was voting for the St. Louis Park. Like it got it gets it gets down to like the city council where oftentimes there's like one candidate running, right? Yeah. Right. And these are never close elections. So I thought, you know, well, I was thinking in the in the St. Louis Park Sailor, uh, they they like to run cute little stories about the write-ins. Is that what they call the paper? Yeah. The Why sailor? the Sailor? Because there's no, the, not even a there's not a even lake. a lake. The, <laughs> the Sun Sailor, yeah. <laughs> well, well, it extends into the the, oh, the Empire. Yeah, it okay. goes into. Oh, it. does it? Yeah, okay. I I never knew what it meant either, so I I don't know, but. Um, so talk a home of the fighting skippers. The fighting skippers, baby. So I figured I'd I'd write in someone and they'd write a cute little story about all the people who were written in. And so I uh, 
be feeling somewhat solipsistic that day, I, I wrote in, and I did it very carefully, too, because my handwriting is illegible. Mine, too. But I wrote it very carefully, the stretch monster. And sure enough, they did a story on, on the various, various nicknames and people's names who were voted in. And, uh, and I, think, I think they mentioned me last because it was such a good one. The uh, starch duster. Starch duster. Yeah, that's how it came out. It's a good one. So the starch duster. What the hell does that even mean? I. That's. It means I couldn't write very clearly. Some sort of yeah, baking I, technique. I, starch duster. It means when you have a paper with zero content, any content stands <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, oh true. no, the, 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 the these are actually pretty good newspapers. Are they really? Suburban are they? papers. Yeah, they really are. What's a newspaper? That's yeah. That's well, of course. I tell you one thing that's not a newspaper anymore. It's where I learned to be a journalist. Yeah. The Minnesota Daily. Yeah, it's not around anymore. No, they it's don't gone. publish it anymore. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they shut Physically, down. Physically, yeah, I think they're like still it. online. Yeah, they're they're still online, oh. but we it's lose not a newspaper anymore. But, but you lose a lot when you News lose source. the actual mm-hmm. newspaper. Well, they're losing. You know, them we, all, the most famous thing we did, you know, back in my day was we had a special edition, an extra. When they tore down half the shops in Dinky Town, so they could put in a fast food restaurant, and you know, in the middle of the night, the the helicopters came in and the bulldozers came in, and they arrested Jesus. hundreds of people, and they never even actually they never even did put the put the restaurant in there because there was so much antipathy from the community, yeah, they, yeah. and they knew they'd get vandalized. But that was a huge story, and we did an extra, and you know, I still have it, and I cherish that. Mm-hmm. Was it bigger than Ban the Barn? It was ban the barn. Yeah. Well, it was kind of kind of like ban the barn. Yeah. yeah. In a way. I, I mean, it was not a definitely. It was slanted. I can tell you that. Just covering it was slanted, but but it was a newspaper with photographs and things that people like me still have today. That'll never happen again. Yep. Now you no, got to download right. the web page and print it out. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah, one thing I that it's I your been, own home printing press. I've been telling people, talking to people about this lately, and I don't like to talk about it very much because it's quite scary, actually, because we're losing the newspapers. There's no question; the newspapers are all going away. Mm. Uh, local television is all going away because it's all streaming now. Yeah, uh, and uh, radio is going away in major markets. It'll be okay in. in in you know, kind of medium markets, small markets. As long as cars default to having a radio in them, it'll yes. stick around. It'll stick, but it's no, not going to be anywhere near as big as it was. And the problem I have with all of that, you know, who then controls the media? Mm-hmm. Centralization, yeah. Hollywood. It's all centralized. That is not now. good news. Well, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of people now, and maybe more people than get their news from newspapers. I would say now. You get their news from you know, Twitter. Well, it, Facebook, yep. Twitter. Well, Facebook and the, Twitter. The problem yeah. is, is those bots we were just talking about. Yeah, exactly. If, yeah. You, if all four of us or That's five of us problem. look for a news source, we're going to get a different story because mm. they can yep. figure out what you want to hear and they tailor it to That's what you exactly want. Exactly right, and that scares the piss out of me. It's very scary. Yeah. I mean, you got look at the big names right now in podcasting. This should have been. And everybody else. But, I mean, you look at it, it's it's Joe Rogan, it's, you know, uh, Mark Maron, it's all yeah, these Hollywood Corolla. people. Yeah. Yeah, and also yeah, people who... It's scary as hell. People whose trade is misinformation. Yeah, that's absolutely right. 
it scares the hell out of me that I, we're not getting any real news what, anymore. What's the credible news source? I don't have one. I don't There's know no there such are. thing. All you can do is try to take bits and pieces of everything and put it together. Well, I, you know, it's, I, it's I, scary. I know you won't like this, but I read the New York Times, and it's a great newspaper, and they've got thousands of journalists working there. And they do a good job. Now, well, luckily, they only lean really hard one way. Though. Well, the editorials, yeah. But the reporters are, you know, I mean, look, I, I was a journalist for many years. Right. I still know lots of journalists. And they, most of them, most of them, yes, most of the journalists actually lean to the left because journalism is about challenging challenging the, the status quo. It's about, it's about challenging you know, uh, information that may or may not be true, but it's about challenging authority. That's that's the Socratic method. But they don't challenge their own authority. That's the part I don't like. No, well, actually, no a couple does. weeks ago, they were the first ones that I read that broke the story about um, Hunter Biden and the right? DOJ. Yep. Well, it was about they, time. They've covered it. They've covered it pretty well. <clears throat> but but you know, it's reporters just want to just want to write a good story. They want to break a story. Yes, they want to write a good story. Yeah, I mean, I covered City Hall. I was certainly a liberal, mm -hmm. but the people who hated me the most were the Democrats. Because, Why? Well, because I wrote, because I was a reporter, and because the Democrats controlled the city council, and I wrote stories about right. how they did it. And well, I'm glad you did. And See, they didn't the like that. Well, tough hop. Yeah. Too bad. But, I mean, that's, that's what journalists do, if they're good journalists. My favorite thing about the Times is, Everybody that works there can really write well. Well, Tom Friedman from Minneapolis. It, yeah, it's and it's a dying art. Most most yeah. even national newspapers, their stories aren't very well. No, they're not. Oh no, God, they're no. horrible. And and the writing in the New York Times, I will tell you this, is not as good as it used to be. It, every every form of writing has declined, but it's that that they still do a good job. Yeah. And they have editors there. Yeah. You know, you read the Minneapolis Star Tribune, it doesn't take you long to figure out that no one's editing right. that stuff. Right. That's mm. very true. I don't know, like I said, Tom Friedman's a hell of a writer, isn't he? Not I, that great, huh? No, I, I I wouldn't differentiate him from the other columnists. I mean, I, you know, I don't think he's any better or any worse. Well, he gets a hell of a lot of spotlight, I'll tell you that. He gets a lot of spotlight. Yeah. So, I which I suppose is good. No, I I mean, he's yeah, I, he, I, I there's there's guys who are and women who write better than he does, I would say. But yeah. he's he's good. But after he's a all, local boy. After that's, I went that's to St. Louis Park. That's what, you, what I'm saying. What do you think High about school? the Wall Street Journal, Mike? Would you put them in the same club? Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there, yeah. I, I That's that's my perception, too. And that tends to lean more conservative. Probably more. Well, right. There are times in the, in the Wall Street are just kind well, of well, the same size. It's the Wall Street Journal's editorial page is, you know, beyond right wing. Yeah. Uh, and it's a bunch of, you know, 90-year-old white guys. Um, but, um, and, and let's face it, it hasn't been the same since I left. Well, there's well, no, no doubt A few things it. have been. Yeah. That's just a given. <laughs> That's right. And I've left a lot of things. Yeah. So how do we live our lives without, uh, without having to hear all this hatred being puked up on a daily basis? It's getting worse, too, it not is. better. Well, let's face it, you just have to turn off a lot of it. You do. And you it, absolutely but it's, do. But it's easy for you. Well, Hang out with your grandkids. Yeah, that's exactly what. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden the world's a better place, right? Well, we went to Dandy's birthday dinner last night. The old Ox Yoke Inn was a ball. And I spent the whole night playing with Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. I just love playing with Ethan because he, he's happy. Although he's got this look now. He looks just like Marlon Brando mm -hmm. when he's grabbing <laughs> the 
He does. He does that Marlon <laughs> yeah. oh, Brando. Oh sure, look. I know that look. Yeah. It's like what the yeah. hell? Yeah. You're not even one yet. Calm down. <laughs> we've uh, we've got our first grandbaby on the way. It's phenomenal. So, uh, You're gonna love it. February 22nd is when uh, when she's due. My daughter Autumn and her husband Andrew. Uh, their uh, their first kid. That's uh, they were married a couple of years ago. Man, we're excited. Have they looked under the hood? Do you know if it's a six cylinder or an eight? Or <laughs> not yet. They know, but they won't tell us. Oh, okay. that's, that's good. They won't tell us because they they wanted to have a gender reveal and then they changed their mind. I don't know. We were just on the phone with them last yeah. night, and uh, we don't know yet. But uh, we're just hoping that, that everything's healthy and everything goes well. Are they going to do the kind of gender reveal where they take a bunch of tannerite into the dry season That's forest? Right. Slow shit up. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I don't know if they're that much redneck. but <laughs> Hopefully uh, not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will tell you, I know we got to go in about one minute here, but I'll tell you one of the great things that happened to me in the last couple of months. We have a six-year-old granddaughter, four-year-old grandson, and Andy's son is the, he's going to be one. He stole my birthday, but other than that, I no longer have a birthday. You're going to have to get over that one, Tom. I'm going to have to get over it. That's exactly right. But uh, so Sage, the four-year-old, my daughter's son, uh, and his sister were hanging out at the house over the weekend, Friday night. We played with them Saturday night, having a great time. So Sunday, when Mom and Dad are going to be coming back to get them in a couple of hours, all the rest of it, I go to the four-year-old. I said, Sagey. What do you want to do today? And he said, and I quote, I'm bored with you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, well. All right, then. Thank you. No the honesty a, of four-year-olds, Vince. You're going to no love need for that. Uh, no need for a maternity test there. No, <laughs> we all know who yeah, the mom is. Exactly. Apparently he's been listening to grandma. Yeah, I think <laughs> he might. Yeah, Apparently. exactly. <laughs> See, oh, now, you, when I said I'm going to bring in a listener to the podcast, you said that's the dumbest idea of not. all your Where dumb ideas. Where did you come and up with this And it worked out crap. pretty good. You're an idiot. I've never liked you. Vince, thanks so much for being on no the problem. show. Thanks for I hope you had as much fun as we did. Yeah, yeah. Vince, it was great. And that, was that nice wraps up uh, Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets, Episode 144. We will be back next Thursday.